Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Medicus. My name is Lauren Heckman, and I'm joined here today with our guests, Dr. Joshua Pretzky, Dr. Alan Chen, and Dr. Carol Heckman. Uh, Dr. Joshua Pretzky is Associate Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA, where he's the founding director of the Concentration in Psychodynamic Psychotherapy past president of the Psychiatry Clinical Faculty Association, and 2021 awardee for Astounding Teacher. He is a senior faculty member at the New Center for Psychoanalysis, where he is a past chair and longstanding member of the research committee. Dr. Pretzky is the co-founding director of the American Psychiatric Association Psychotherapy Caucus Training Advancement Initiative and a member of its Curriculum and Program Development Workgroup. He maintains a full-time private practice of psychiatry and psychotherapy in Los Angeles, working with writers, musicians, and other creative professionals. He practices affected focus therapy with an emphasis on accelerated experiential psychodynamic psychotherapy and integrative psychiatry. Outside the office, he is married with three daughters and plays timbales with his Cuban-inspired salsa and Latin jazz band, The Galactic Ambassadors. So make sure to check them out on Facebook. Um, Dr. Alan Chen is a clinical assistant professor of psychiatry at the Keck School of Medicine and an assistant program director of the University of Southern California. He trained at this Um, at this program and at the USC Institute of Psychiatry, Law, and Behavioral Sciences, and is now an assistant program director for the USC General Psychiatry Residency Program. As a forensic psychiatrist, he works as a consultant for the Los Angeles County Superior Courts on criminal matters and consults privately for civil litigation and other topics. The integration of psychoanalytic theory and psychotherapy through psychiatry residency training is a particular area of interest for him. And um, last but not least, Dr. Carol Heckman uh, received her BA in psychology at UCLA and her PhD in clinical psychology and MA in theology from Fuller Graduate School of Psychology. She did her first full-time internship at Long Beach Veterans Hospital with an emphasis in medical neurological psychology and second full-time internship at County USC Hospital, where she was able to observe psychoanalysts working with patients in therapy. Dr. Heckman published her PhD thesis on the cognitive effects of treatment on long-term survivors of childhood leukemia, but her professional interest shifted from neuropsychology to psychoanalytic psychotherapy when she discovered the workings of the unconscious. This led her to completing a PsyD degree in psychoanalysis at the Southern California Psychoanalytic Institute, now the new center for psychoanalysis. She has held numerous offices at the NCP and continues as core faculty and a training and supervising analyst to candidates in training. Dr. Heckman maintains a private practice in psychoanalysis and psychodynamic psychotherapy to adults and older adolescents in Pasadena, California, and provides consultation to candidates and other mental health professionals. And outside the office, she is my mom. 
So um, today we will be discussing the field of psychiatry, current trends within the field, and the importance of incorporating psychotherapy into the practice of psychiatry. So thank you all for taking the time to be on the podcast with us today. With such impressive backgrounds, I'm very excited to be discussing this topic all together. Um, as to start us off, would everyone be able to talk a little bit about how they chose the field of psychiatry and for Dr. Heckman psychoanalysis for our pre-med and pre-health listeners? Well, um, how I got uh, interested in this field was um, through um, kind of medical neuropsychology. That's what my interest was. I was always fascinated by the brain and how it worked. And so all through my program, it's what I did my research in. Actually, before I went to graduate school, I was at the uh, Neuropsychiatric Institute at UCLA doing brain research. And I continued that on um, uh, through my six-year program. But it wasn't until my last full-time internship that I was working or saw the workings of psychoanalysts um, at County USC through the two-way two mirror process. And there I discovered that there was something beyond the working of the brain, there was the mind. And that really fascinated me. Although Freud talked about the, the first ego is a body ego and they're integrated together, I realized that there was, there was something else. And so that brought my love of um, how mind develops. Um, which led me to discovering uh, psychoanalysis and wanting to enter that field in a full-time way. And, and so that's what I was lucky enough to be able to do. Well, thank you for that. Um, next, Dr. Chen, would you be able to chime in on how you chose the field of psychiatry? Absolutely. It's uh, funny to be getting this question because I've been asking it a lot. We're currently in recruitment season. So <laughs> plenty of interviews where I've been asking it. So I suppose it's my turn now. Uh, interestingly, I did not enter medical school with an eye towards psychiatry. Um, in retrospect, perhaps it was a matter of repression because many of the topics were of great interest to me in my youth. Uh, I would say that I actually first encountered psychoanalysis through sort of pop intellectuals like Zizek and other popular intellectual theories uh, concerning psychoanalysis. So I started reading a little bit more on Lacan and got into psychoanalytic readings generally in that fashion. At the same time, had the first preclinical lectures on psychiatry and was immediately fascinated. So it was a natural progression from there. I found myself liking, of course, the people within the field of psychiatry and mental health as well. And it was a natural choice for me from there on. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And then Dr. Pretzky, how, how did you choose psychiatry? Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having us on this, this episode of the podcast. It's really great to be here um, with all of, all of you and to have this discussion. And it's interesting because unlike Dr. Chen, I was, I think, directed, I was planning on being a psychiatrist when I applied to medical school. I, um, I took, I had the chance to take a college course in my senior year of high school at UCLA. I took a course on, on like the, the, his, the history of science. And we we read about sort of science as a construction, as a as a construction of human thought. Uh, 
and that you know it was in that seminar that i my mind got blown when i discovered when it when it was demonstrated that like science wasn't an absolute but it was something that we come up with um and even the objective facts that emerge out of science come from a constructed and inner and a subjective process of human thought and creativity and amongst and in that seminar there was readings by freud and they blew my mind as well and i i was reading maybe about the obsessional neurotic character style and i was like seeing myself in that and so you know i was always interested in philosophy and in college i was like a history major but focusing on on philosophy and i was going to med school because i from the time of middle school i was going to follow my father and brother into medical school so i was sort of thought that psych psychiatry and i wanted also to be a psychoanalyst after after medical school was was going to be like the the, the perfect way to blend those two parts of me and you know it's mainly been up since then you know there have been some up and down moments uh, in my in the career and my investment in it but overall it's amazing how rewarding it's been that's that's so wonderful to hear um i yeah I'm, the reason why i wanted to speak with you all today i've been um I was lucky enough to grow up with an analyst for a mom who taught me a healthy relationship with therapy. Uh, and from my experience seeing an analyst for many years, I personally know the, the growth and healing that can happen from psychotherapy. And during my undergraduate years, I was privileged to work with five uh, psychiatrists in Santa Monica, who I absolutely loved working for. Um, and there were several physicians in the practice and noticed that there wasn't a standard practice um, of incorporating talk therapy into their sessions. And Dr. Partsy, you met, mentioned wanting to be an, an analyst in addition to uh, being a practicing psychiatrist. And uh, I think my background with growing up with my mom as a psychologist and psychoanalyst, I, I assumed that that was standard practice to be incorporating into sessions when especially um, seeing a new patient. And I noticed that, that that wasn't the case when I was working at the office. It really varied greatly between the physicians. Um, so some of the psychiatrists only practice medication management. And um, I wanted to ask um, about this observation. Would you be able to, all of you be able to speak on this? And have you found this to be true amongst your colleagues uh, about uh, whether they are incorporating psychotherapy into their sessions or is it varied and your thoughts on it in general. And um, it can start with Dr. Heckman and go around or anyone can really chime in whenever they feel like they'd like to add a point. Um, well, I think Dr. Chen and Dr. Presky could talk uh, more to the what's going on in residency programs. Um, my experience when I was at um, County USC at the time was uh, psychiatrists were definitely um, doing the medication management and psychologists were doing uh, assessments and psychotherapy. Um, and um, I think that um, the field of psychotherapy and psychoanalytic uh, therapy 
and neuroscience is is a is a now almost like a new discipline. And I just got um, an article by one of the candidates that I supervise on free association and its links to neuroscience. And I think that there's a budding field of how psychotherapy and neuroscience work together of how important it is for any practicing healthcare provider to, to know about the mind-body link. Um, and the psychiatrists that, that are now in my practice as, as patients, they're there for that very reason, that there's um, a dearth of training that they get because there's so much that they have to learn in medical school and in their residency that there isn't an, a, enough robust emphasis on psychotherapy. And uh, I know that Dr. Chen and Dr. Prensky are one of those um, very special practitioners that that do understand that. And um, I think it's wonderful that they're bringing that as an important emphasis to their, their, their uh, residency programs. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a mixed picture in, 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 in psychiatric education these days. Um, I mean, I was just, just the other day on a listserv of colleagues who are interested in psychiatrists practicing and promoting a psychological understanding of human function and pathology, you know, mental pathology and, and, and psychotherapy. And someone referred to a very recent article uh, in the um, American Journal of Psychiatry, which is the main journal of psychiatry just like last week. And it's titled Trends in Outpatient Psychotherapy Provision by U.S. Psychiatrists, 1996 to 2016. And that finding, which is a pretty comprehensive follow-up study to a 2009 study, indicates that um, half of psychiatry in the 2010s, that decade, half of psychiatrists practiced no psychotherapy at all. And, and overall, the, the amount of psychotherapy being conducted by psychiatrists is going down. So that's on the one hand. On the other, uh, we're kind of seeing a, a great interest in medical students in their interest in the human mind and psychotherapy and the stigma about mental health and suffering from depression and anxiety is a lot less in pre-med students and medical students these days than it ever was. So there's like this groundswell interest and it maybe is more anecdotal, but we're really feeling it. Um, some of us are involved in, in working with medical students, you know, and, and those who are interested in psychiatry and they're really eager to want to do psychotherapy and they, they're open about their own therapy and the accessibility of it more in some ways more these days, you know, with even digital platforms. So, and an appreciation of being human, you know, and the struggles of it, especially through the pandemic. So, so on the other hand, there's, I think, an, an, an there's more medical students applying to psychiatry than ever. And I think those medical students really are interested in the human therapeutic human relationship. And I think in terms of training programs in psychiatry, it's pretty uneven, you know, and some programs offer nothing or near to nothing. And it's really a medical model, pure 
And then there's gradation and you can get really, in some programs, some very good training in how to talk to patients or think, think about people as psychological beings with layers of experience going on inside. Yeah, it's really interesting because I, when you, when you just said the findings of that study, I feel the exact same way. And maybe, maybe we're all existing in a bubble of all, it seems that all my peers are very open about talking about their own therapy, their, how much they've grown from it. And just such a shift of how the attitude towards the average person that goes to a psychologist, I think used to uh, feel more that it was someone who was, you know, clinically diagnosed with a mental illness. And now it can really just be the, any, anyone who's wanting to uh, talk through issues in their life, which is really wonderful. I feel like I've, I've seen that shift. Um, and there's such a delay in the medical students that, uh, that I'm experiencing right now. We won't be practicing physicians for at least another eight years. I'm in my first year of medical school. So I wonder when this shift will happen because I, I do feel that tide of uh, people's attitudes towards psychiatry and interest in psychology really changing. Um, so maybe it will be uh, a burst in the early uh, 2020s that we'll see more, um, more people practicing psychotherapy. But I think you all know what's going on in the field at the current moment more than I do. I just see it from my peers and how they speak to me about it. Yeah, I think that would certainly a boon if that were the case. Uh, and I can certainly echo that there has been a lot more interest expressed in training in psychotherapy and the importance of psychotherapy for medical students interested in psychiatry. Yet, at the same time, there is not necessarily a whole lot of availability of that kind of training across different programs, as Dr. Presky mentioned. And I'll say that speaking from the standpoint of a county psychiatrist, it's rare to see a psychiatrist actually having even the time or allotment to do psychotherapy uh, with their patients. Uh, there's unfortunately a lot of pressure, I think, across the nation through payment models due to economic pressures to practice, quote, at the top of your license and for psychiatrists that's considered prescribing medications. This can be a worrying orientation and, you know, it's one that's going to be supported, I think, from people who are more biologically oriented in their psychiatry, you know, but I, I think that's an issue because if you don't emphasize and teach the importance of counseling, the relational component um, in the treatment, if you only focus on med management, you're going to miss very important aspects of the treatment. People are not going to accept or get better the treatments that are being proposed to you unless that relationship has been well-established and maintained. And furthermore, so many of these skills that are only learned properly through the practice of psychotherapy, in my opinion, um, bear upon one's ability to do everything from med management to diagnosis evaluation. I can speak to somebody that, uh, as somebody that um, is on the receiving end of, of the um, the medication management, um, I have worked with psychiatrists that are uh, interested and uh, have a conviction about um, 
working with the human mind. And that has been so helpful for the treatment of the patient. It sometimes can mean less intervention in a medical way and more emphasis on this, the, the uh, verbal uh, form of treatment. And the more both parties know about the other of what each can do as a psychologist, I need to know what's the, some of the working models are of, of med medication. So I know when it's appropriate to say, this is something that can assist me in helping you. Um, so the more that each discipline is informed about the other, the better treatment we can provide. And with that, I think there would be less stigma because you're not just going to, to get meds, you're going to get assessed about what is the best form of treatment given anxiety. Anxiety can be treated many different ways. Depression can be treated many different ways. Um, so it, I think it behooves us to have these kinds of conversations. That's, the, that's a, an, an interesting point about um, the, 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 the dialogue and the interaction between psychiatrists and psychologists. And I think it's also interesting about the trends in medical education, where when we're learning, first of all, clinical learning comes in a lot earlier often, and then there's a kind of team approach to teaching to the medical students. And it, more and more, it's non-MDs who are teaching med medical students and also in psychiatry. So it's really welcoming to, to bring the psychologists in the department in to teach the, the, the residents, you know, about psychology. And we're learning so much from our non-medical colleagues and, and it's helping to shape us as physicians. Uh, and I think that's a trend in medical education. I'm not sure what it's like at Stritch, but I, I know that at UCLA, there's a lot of that and I'm not sure about USC either. Um, and yeah, we're, oh, sorry to interrupt. Disciplinary, you know, approach, so helpful. Yeah, um, similarly, USC, we're very lucky to have great connections to psychologists of all types of expertise you know, people who are specialized in CBT, trauma, or just in assessment, and very helpful to be able to have that input in the, in the production of well-rounded psychiatrists. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to uh, several psychiatrists at Stritch, and they, they echo the same. They're lucky to have psychotherapy be incorporated into the residency training. Uh, so every, uh, all practicing uh, attendings there and residents uh, are trained on uh, not only medication management, but also psychotherapy for their patients, which I was excited to hear um, from my own personal experience. And also because of the conversation we're having right now, uh, actually what we were, the relationship we were all talking about kind of segues into one of my, my other questions, which was what would you all say would be the ideal uh, relationship between an analyst and a psychiatrist to provide the best care to your patient. Uh, how, um, like how, how would that work for the average patient? Also maybe someone who has a larger care team. I know sometimes patients require several different specialties of care. Um, and, uh, how could that look for also implementing into a residency program to maybe have psychologists trained with um, psychiatrists? Yeah, it's a great question. 
I do a lot of, I do mostly spend most of my day doing hours of psychotherapy, but I do um, medication management for patients who are in a psychotherapy with a, a psychologist or therapist colleague. And I, my philosophy about it is that I'm supporting the therapy, that really I'm supporting the psychotherapy. And I'm grateful for my education in psychology and psychodynamic psychology and psychology in general to appreciate like what must the therapist be working on with this patient, you know, and how can I support that? And so there's like, not only just like the actual communication occasionally, but just the orientation that I have that I think is appreciated by the therapist who's really the point person you know, in the work, I mean, it's work of transformation and healing and medications are, they can be seen as adjusters or band-aids, you know, or, or manager, man, you know, things to manage a condition, but we don't necessarily see like healing per se that comes from taking a, a psychiatric medication. So healing is a powerful concept and that it's the therapy setting where that can happen and does tend to happen. So that's one, which is that my med, my medication management work supports this, the work of the healing of the, in the therapy. And the other is to be aware that uh, we can do something that's even in, in, in the constraints of like the, this medical model and having to provide medication management, we can do therapy. Uh, you know, we could call it like ordinary medical psychotherapy. It doesn't have to be deep work in the deepest conflicts of somebody's mind, but it can be pointing out maladaptive coping strategies and, and working for 10 minutes on what's an alternative and maybe even understanding the pattern you know, and that could be part of a medication session. The problem is if med visits are 15 minutes, it's hard to do that. But if med, if med visits are 30 minutes, we, we do it all the time. So I think it's incumbent on the field also just to even make that shift and allow for medication visits to be 30 minutes and compensated that way. And a lot of psychotherapy can happen by psychiatrists. It's really quite rewarding when I do it. Totally agreed. I think that even in the constraints of a county setting with limited resources, um, I think that one finds, if one, you know, if, as a psychiatrist who pays attention to these things, that without that component, without the important counseling, pointing out the maladaptive behaviors, and earning the trust and buy-in of the patient, a prescribed medication will just not be taken or will have limited effects. And I think, Dr. Presky, you, you mentioned two things that are really key to underline and that it's so important for psychiatrists to understand psychotherapy because, well, first of all, you need to know as a psychiatrist all of the appropriate treatments for a certain condition. And for a particular condition, medications are only some of the treatments. And if you don't fully understand when a psychotherapy is indicated and how it works, you can neither recommend it when it is warranted, nor can you support it adequately as the medication management physician when somebody is in the psychotherapy. And secondly, of course, in the importance of integrating it into one's personal practice as a psychiatrist, even if no formal, uh, regular psychotherapy is being done, it should be, these issues should be addressed in the practice of medication management. It, 
actually makes me think about a case that I supervised recently um, for medication management. A resident saw a patient who had very, was very much limited in their life activities based on supposed, it was supposed to be a diagnosis of depression, anxiety, major depression, general anxiety. And there was a rapid improvement in symptoms within a matter of days after the initiation of the first treatment contact with this resident and the prescription of Cymbalta. Now, neurobiologically, we know that the Cymbalta would not be working so quickly. And I think without an understanding of the importance of the therapeutic relationship and how that can be healing, it would be easy for someone to look at the case and to say, well, we just need to press the Cymbalta and then we'll check back on that in a few months or that, oh, well, it's not, this is all supposedly psychosomatic. So I don't need to pay attention to it. But I think that the right answer is that the relationship with that resident is the healing factor there. And that that's the thing that we need to pay attention to and to have close follow-up and counseling with that particular psychiatrist will be the factor that leads this patient to a healing place. That's a really wonderful observation. And I think that's such an interesting aspect um, of medicine is that a physician's experiences and um, perspectives that they're lucky enough to gain throughout their education can allowed you to provide the best care uh, for that patient. And I think also speaks to incorporating more healthcare teams that you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen, but uh, having a therapist and psychiatrist bring together two really um, important fields and really uh, differing perspectives and a larger toolbox that they can use to help a patient in the best way. And it's, it sounds like everyone's in, in agreement that uh, incorporating psychotherapy into psychiatry, um, maybe if insurance and billing allowed it a little bit more. And wow, that's a whole other conversation we could talk about um, would be a wonderful thing. Um, do you see trends in psychiatry residency programs incorporating it more uh, into their training? Or do you think there's d- divides in their schools of thought and that's keeping them from incorporating it? Or is it just the inertia of it? It's just hard to get a ball rolling like that once a training program's already already going. I think it's hard to speak generally because we tend to only know about our own programs and the programs close to us and people we work with. Uh, I will say that in general, though the ACGME requires there to be training in CBT and psychodynamic psychotherapies for all psychiatry programs, as Dr. Pratsik said, this varies a lot because local resources are going to define what's going to be available at a particular psychiatry residency. And speaking generally, Just in my own experience with large organizations, it can be very difficult to enact change. I think this is a maybe a universal truth. So even if people might have the will or the desire to have shifts in training, if they want more of something in their training program, it can take a lot. And it's it's, it requires the expertise and the time of many kinds of people that may or may not be available. Yeah, it's challenge. It is challenging. I would say. I, I agree. We don't really know what's going on 
everywhere. Um, so there's bias potentially. I have to check that a little bit. But it's possible to survey, right? Survey programs. Um, on the plus side, I want I want to put in a plug for for something, which is that there in the American Psychiatric Association, which is the main body of psychiatry in the U.S., the largest caucus uh, in within the um, organization is the Psychotherapy Caucus, and it has 1,200 members. So it's by far the largest, and it's grown a lot over the last year. Even it went from 800, 900 to 1,200, and so there's a there's a large group of psychiatrists who are really invested in the value of this of understanding human relationship, therapeutic relationship, and theories of mind that help us psychiatrists understand people as people, you know, and not just as, you know, physical, you know, entities. Um, and that, and that it's, and that the psychotherapy caucus has a group that called the medical student interest group that caters to those, those medical students and pre-med students who are interested in, in psychotherapy and psychiatry. So there's a big resource out there for, for you if you want it. You know, um, I think both Dr. Chen and Dr. Presky uh, speak to this idea of uh, what has been kind of privileged in, in medical schools and even in, in the field of psychoanalysis it, that years ago, and it wasn't that many years ago given the history of, of psychoanalysis that in the United States, only psychoanalysis could be practiced by MDs and it was a, a real medical model. And that opened up um, in the, I guess it was in the 80s, uh, early 80s. Um, so that I think maybe, and, and Dr. Chen and Dr. Pensky can speak to this, that, that, that the field of mental health was more like a mental illness model. And that's how it was treated. And maybe the evolution has been the understanding that there is a brain and then there is a mind and that there's a body and it's all connected and and how are we going to to treat that that whole person um and i think both dr chen and dr presky speak beautifully to the idea that you've, you've got to treat the whole person and that might be by medication that might be by therapy um, and how do we, where do we intervene? How do we intervene? Yeah, thank you all so much for answering that so um, sincerely and beautifully. And it, it might be an interesting uh, research project for someone to survey current uh, psychiatry residency students and see how they're feeling about uh, psychotherapy. I definitely understand that uh, with all the residency programs around the country, it's, it's hard to get a feel of where things are going. Um, I think in our, in our small circle here, it sounds like psychotherapy is being incorporated more, at least the desire is there. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, I think, um, kind of, uh, we've talked about 
like the, the, the growth of the field and where, where things are going. A lot of our listeners are pre-med and uh, medical students. Uh, just to, to close things out, if we could go around and if you all have a, some advice uh, to our listeners who maybe are interested in medicine or interested in pursuing um, psychoanalysis to Dr. Heckman or to psychiatry, do you have any advice uh, people going through the process of any of those fields? And we can start with Dr. Heckman and then Dr. Chen and Dr. Pretzky. You know, it's um, something like psychoanalysis. I can um, have a, it's, it's akin to a calling in, 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 in religious terms might be a calling. Like you, um, you understand that there's something broader and deeper that you want to uh, investigate with the, the individual. You want to develop relationship. You want to understand the evolution of something very deep. And I, I think you have to have a feel for that. Um, and, and if, if you don't, um, then I would say that's, that's not your areas of, of interest. Um, it's, it's a long and winding road. Um, people come at it sometimes right out of residency. Sometimes they've, it's a mid-year dis, uh, decision. For me, I got my PhD and had kids and then decided I needed something broader and deeper. Um, but especially for something like psychoanalysis, um, I think you have to find your way there by something uh, deep within you that says, yeah, this, this is the path forward. Um, maybe uh, Dr. Chen or Dr. Prensky can talk about um, CBT. Um, not that that doesn't have an important component for certain people too. So I would say follow your heart. So um, I suppose the question can be addressed either in general terms about advice for people interested in psychiatry and mental health in general, and then maybe more specific terms in terms of what you might be looking for in a residency. So maybe I'll start with what people should look for if they're interested in psychotherapy and they're looking at psychiatry residencies. Um, in general, you probably can find higher quality training in any cities that generally have a lot of availability of different psychotherapists and psychotherapy training programs. But for a particular program, I would say that a lot of theory and a lot of things in psychotherapy can potentially be learned through studying and discussion, but there's no replacement and the real learning, there's no replacement for this. And there's the real learning of psychotherapy takes place in supervision. So I would really inquire about how the supervision works at a particular general residency program and who are the supervisors? When does the supervision start and how frequently does it occur? And in particular, does the supervision take place of modern technologies like video recording? I think that incorporating video recording and video review and supervision is incredibly important. Uh, as far as general advice for people going into the field of mental health, this is actually something I was thinking about uh, today in some detail, and there's so much advice that can be given, but perhaps the best advice might be to practice what you preach. And there's, there's two things about that, because if you undergo or practice psychotherapy and psychotherapy skills, it will not just be a benefit to you, make you stronger and more resilient 
to withstand the difficulties of the field that are inherent in it, you will also be better equipped to teach people skills or apply psychotherapy and healing techniques to your patients. So I think that would be my general advice. That was so beautifully put. Thank you so much, Dr. Chen. And then um, Dr. Fetzky, if you could speak about residency programs, if you'd like um, what to look for in a residency program or people who are interested in, in medicine and psychiatry. Yeah, my thoughts go to thinking about pre-med, the pre-med student audience and medical student audience and thinking about what in us makes us want to be, you know, go into a helping profession and to give care and help to other, our fellow humans. And then what happens in medical education to us and our emotional selves and to get through it. And so much, I think the challenge is to be able to cope in, in, in our medical education and experience with a lot of stress and distress, illness, death, conflict, mistakes happening either on a, if we make mistakes or witnessing others, group dynamics and relationship challenges uh, and the stress of the work. How do we cope without sealing over emotionally or becoming cold or callous and distant? So how, do, how does a person like hold the sense of shared humanity with their patients? Cause like we're all patients in the end. And, um, but yet yeah, be able to like make it through the day and get up the next morning and go do it again. And there is a way, there's another way you know, which is sort of staying open to ourselves and supporting each other emotionally. And I think that, you know, if you're a student who wants to make it cope through sharing your experience and sharing your feelings in safe environment, find ways to, to get together with your, your fellow students to do that so that you go, so you don't have to get cold and pull in to, to just make it through. And I think the days of like toughing it out or hazing in medical medical education and you know internships and so forth, it's we're we're evolving past that for the better. So, and I would say that if you're interested in psychiatry, I encourage you highly. I think it's a great time for for psychiatry. I mean, neuroscience is really popping these days. I mean, it's like the technology, you know, the, the research and the, the information, the technologies that are there to really understand complex behavior and the brain basis of that in sort of functional neuroscience is really exciting. We have a kind of breakthrough moment with the use of psychedelics as, um, you know, to facilitate as treatments for depression. And then also maybe as facilitators of psychotherapy, very powerful. Um, and it's like really a rewarding way of um, helping people, you know, and being human with them. So, yeah, <laughs> people, people, I think medical students need to have a good cry every now and then and really need to lean on each other. That's my advice. Thank in, you. In addition, in addition to the wonderful advice from my colleagues. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, it, what's so evident from how you all speak about the field is how much you've gained from it um, as the humanity you've gained from it and how much you still love it, which is really inspiring. I feel like as a current medical student, what I always am looking for when I talk to physicians is that they still love to geek out about what they chose to uh, pursue and still love it because it's all of the education that all three of you went through to get to the spot where you are today is incredibly impressive and not without its sacrifices and to still love what you're doing is um, incredibly important. And um, I think that you all have gained such incredible wisdom and share that with your patients. So thank you for helping the, the public uh, work through their, their crises or their, their day-to-day problems and issues. I know that I've been someone who has benefited greatly from, from therapy and psychoanalysis and um, working with psychiatrists. So thank you all for your time and for your great wisdom to be shared. And um, Hope you have a great holiday season. Thank you for being interested in the topic, Lauren, and wanting to share it with your um, medical students. Of course. Yes, thank you and happy holidays. Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have questions, comments, or episode suggestions, submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relationship is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.